Mr. Kipling is in the same universe as Roald Dahl for me. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I get what you're. I, I don't, get what you're I don't even know what that means, but it, it means it means something to me. In the world of conspiracies, the supernatural, and the downright spooky, there are only two men who you can trust: Dennis Lynn and Roger O'Sullivan, or as they prefer to be called, the unexplained legends. Are we alone in the universe? A question which has played on people's minds for centuries. With the universe so unfathomably large, it seems impossible. Or is it? This week on Unexplained Legends, the Fermi Paradox. Uh, I think that you're never more confident in your own stand-up than you, when you're about a week away from going into such a bad patch of like terrible gigs. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You, you're just like, that's it. Like everything's everything's flowing now, man. I think, I think I'll never again have a bad gig. But I, I was saying to you two months. days ago, I was like, oh my God, like I'm on top of it now again. Unbelievable. Yeah. Today I thought about a gig I have coming up and I got nervous. Yeah. Welcome listeners to this week's episode of The Unexplained Legend. Uh, I'm Roger O'Sullivan and with me as always is Dennis, Dennis, no that's not my name, <laughs> damn it, Dennis, Dennis Lane, I told you to write down my name or I can't read it And together we are the Unexplained Legends We are the Unexplained Legends, how are you doing this week Raj? Uh, I'm, I'm tired Yeah, a little won't, bit tired? Won't lie to you, I'm tired, I've been gigging a lot Yeah, yeah, I've been gigging up the whatevers Yeah, yeah, g- gigs up the ass that's Yeah, well I was doing. trying to think of a different oh, word okay, but okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't really pull it off yeah, been, big, been gigging all around the place, all around London. Gigged in, um, gigged in a lovely place called Wheel of Death Comedy. Oh, nice! How'd you get out? That doesn't sound too lovely. No, it was, it was very lovely, very lovely. And I debuted new material about magpies. You debuted? Is that what you call it, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! That's it. The I've ascended. I've debuted. Yeah, new new single dropped, all about magpies. And I'm telling you, got some great response from it. Yeah, the, uh, that 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 night as well uh, is run by a uh, a lovely and fantastic comedian, Marty Gleason, who uh, messaged me to say that she listened to the podcast recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What episode did she? Ghost on a plane. Oh, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, as I she, love that. As she was about to get on a plane. Terrible. Yeah, and I, I told Luckily her. Luckily, she wasn't getting on a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes i told her uh don't go looking at any uh luggage uh compartments ghost on a plane is a great episode if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to it yeah. that stuff really works as well when you tell people to go back and listen to it because i most of the time on the podcast say it like i'll think of something mm. and i'll say it when i'm listening back to the podcast even though it's me saying and recommending it i'm like oh i might check that out oh yeah I'll even though funnily out. enough i was actually on that episode well, well similar to you yeah i mean you've been killing it in stand-up getting all these gigs i did a gig in a boat Lovely stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was um, that? The Mary was, Celeste? Yeah, no, it wasn't Mary Celeste. Uh, just as haunted, though. Yeah. It was a boat from the 1840s, I think. Okay. Um, the SS Great Britain. Was it really from the 1840s? Mm, yeah. That, w- that, well old. That would have been um, contemporaneous with the uh, Knocking around Mary, Mary Celeste. Celeste. Yeah. Could have gone out with each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was great, though. Went into the SS Great Britain, and um, I was up doing the gig. It was like a million people there. It was great. And then I banged my head off a lamp. Lovely stuff. Uh, classic. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, you're doing really well, and then so you walk into a lamp behind yourself. So you did your old closer. Yeah, I did my old closer, yeah. banged my head off a lamp, everyone laughs, and then I fall down the ground and pretend I'm injured. And what was the drive to and from that boat like? Uh, it was absolutely horrific. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. It took me four hours to drive down there. Uh, I didn't fill up the um, antifreeze and water in the car. Also, be aware, if you taste antifreeze, just one drop, you will have to drink the entire bottle, right? Or so the legend goes by a yeah. friend of ours who adamantly was explaining to us, don't go near antifreeze, you'll drink the whole lot, right? It's so very nice taste. I wouldn't drink it anyway, no. but uh, just be extra careful. That was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was driving down four hours in kind of a foggy, misty, dewy kind of thing. And then all the... That's that salt and like shit on the road. Went oh, up yeah. onto my windscreen at one point. <laughs> couldn't see a thing. Like like not like the, the oh what's in front of me? They're like, oh no, like it's over I'm for us. For it. It's all uh, really, really bad. Like really bad. Uh four hours to get down there. I did three gigs though, which was fun. And one gig I did, it was it wasn't going very well for the lads. No. Like they were re- it was going so badly for them that they were well the guy running it was acknowledging it was going bad. The okay. people who were previously on stage weren't really acknowledging it. But it was really funny because lovely, lovely woman, actually, she was saying that, you know, I think this is, I think the audience 
are at fault here. I was like, I don't think this is the audience's uh-huh. fault. Uh, be careful. Then I went on and blew the roof off, whatever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was great. Really, really, really loving stand up at the moment. Just uh, give me more gigs now, London. I, oh, this is great. I applied to a, a club and they got back to me mm-hmm. and they said, oh, look, sorry, we're all booked for 2023. Oh, boo hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Oh, I, I think what I was going to ask you is when you were on your way down, you didn't see anything. Didn't spooky. See anything spooky. It was a spooky. It was a spooky night. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, was, I did a gig in a ghost ship, like yeah. And then I was so stupid, right, when I went in there because it's in a docks, but it's like again, look it up. The SS Great Britain. It's like from the eighteen forties, classic galleon ship. Mm. I went in there and I had to ask the audience. I was like, "Are we on water at the moment?" But we actually weren't. We were on like glass. It's like a, it's an exhibition kind of thing. Like. Oh, really? Yeah. But uh, I, 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 I suppose they probably wouldn't sit it in water because it would probably destroy it. But the, they thought I was an idiot. Oh, <laughs> and you know what? They were spot on. And then I banged my head off a lamp. Yeah, well, that probably didn't do anything for your credence to be no, honest, it did it? No. Well, Dennis, I was thinking about this because you were driving down by yourself, mm. driving back to London by yourself. And I think that when you drive back to London with me, I think a little bit of you at some point goes, for fuck's sake, like, I'd rather be alone. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'll tell you something, right? You, This is one of the first times of the podcast I'll ever um, be in any way affectionate. But you do miss the, you do miss having Roger in the passenger seat on the way home. There we go. You know, yeah. Even if you're telling me some weird shit about 9-11. You, you, you know what, McDonald's? I didn't even stop for McDonald's on the way back. Really? It's just not the same. Mm, well, you have to go in. McDonald's is mostly about the banter. Yeah, It's mostly yeah. about the banter. It's not about the food that you love. No, it's not about that delicious, delicious food that I love. Every, everything Dennis ever asks for <laughs> on drive to McDonald's is just never there. Ever there. Like. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm vegetarian, so usually what I ask for is like a bit more off the beaten track. But Dennis would be, we'll be driving in. This happened the last time. We were driving in huge uh, like comically large bill billboard saying please try our new <laughs> big tasty burger yeah uh we pull up and he goes oh what do you want dennis goes oh can i get the big tasty burger please he goes sorry don't have it and then we went on to the second window went on to the second window and it was just a woman's big arse in the window <laughs> that was true yeah, she that's, was that's, cleaning. that is literally what it was yeah the- she she was cleaning something she had her arse facing the driver's window and I was like, you know, hello. <laughs> what what am I meant to do here? What like, do I, do I didn't here? pay for this. Yeah. They, well, I was hoping, Dennis, that you would have seen something in that there night sky. Okay. The was was there something happening? Well, apparently not. You mean you mean there could have been? It there was it was been. an incredibly orange gray spooky night. Really? But most of that was because I couldn't see out my windscreen and I was panicking. That would that would scare anyone. I was looking out. You want know, to fear driving right? Like rush hour traffic. Yeah. I was looking out the the top of the steering wheel between the dashboard and the steering wheel that little that little space yeah that's all I could that's see. all you could see that's all I could see and, and only that it started raining at one point I probably would have died oh well <laughs> I'm amazed you made it back frankly I, I am too well well done well done The I, I would say nearly paradoxical that you came back why is it paradoxical it's nearly paradoxical. That's what I'd say. Is, this, what, is this a good lead in? That's what would jump to my mind. Is, <laughs> is it's nearly paradoxical. The Dennis driving paradox. Yeah. Where he can't see out his windscreen, but he still makes it home. Yeah. Well, today, Dennis, today we're doing another similar paradox. Hmm. They, uh, we're doing something called the Fermi paradox. The Fermi paradox. Yeah. Okay, it's not a Pokemon. No. No, no. Fermi paradox. All right. I think I, think I know what this is. What is this? Is this... About that there has to be life out there somewhere. Well, here we go now, Dennis. Because the universe is so large. Well, listen, all I'm saying is you're you're asking a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah, you're asking a lot of important questions. You're saying what what is you know, what's going on? It seems implausible that you didn't that you didn't die. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this a sting? Are the police gonna come in in a minute? You seem to be stalling. <laughs> you seem to be stalling. Just keep them there, keep them there two no, more minutes, two what, more minutes. What was happening is I was certain I would remember that bit of admin. All right. And then I just went, oh, I don't like it's never coming back. The admin's never coming never back. Never been so scared in my life that I was about to be arrested and like deported somewhere. Yeah. But Dennis, Dennis, the Okay. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. Like yeah, that yeah. There, it, the universe is so big that there has to be... I think I'm just caught off guard by the fact you knew one. I know, that is true. <laughs> and that I'm is just true. like, oh, usually I, I'd say 
Oh, you don't know what that is, you big Egypt. Here, I'm going to tell you about yeah, it. we get 10 minutes out of that. This yeah. time, it's like, do you know what that is? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm sweating. Um, I, fin- oh. I finished reading um, the Three Body Problem series as well. Oh, yeah? I don't actually know if that's the name of the series or not, but it's the most mind-bending shit in the world. Um, so I'm very up to discover whether or not there are aliens out there, which I'm sure you'll tell me. Well, that sounds like the best preparation that there could be for tackling mm-hmm. this. So I guess on the back of that, we'll crack on with the lamestream narrative. On a lazy summer afternoon, while taking a break from working hard at the Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico, Enrico Fermi had a playful conversation with several other scientific luminaries. Did you did you just put in a, a lyrics from the Kinks or something at the start? No. The lazy summer afternoon. Oh well, I've accidentally done. Oh, I didn't okay. intentionally do that. All right, okay. I just, I just wanted a bit of color, you know. All right, okay. Well, I, I, I figure out where your writing process is coming from. Now. Yeah, yeah. Maybe chat, maybe chat GPT put it in. <laughs> do you know? I tried that to see if I, if I could automate my script writing for mm. this, and we came back with such shite. I was like, "Fuck!" Came back with too, way too much personality. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too much color. I kept saying, "Less color, please." <laughs> Uh, so he was uh, he was having lunch with several other scientific luminaries who also worked at the Los Alamos base, or sorry, laboratory. One of the men had been laughing at a cartoon in a magazine. Which, <laughs> what? How the fuck are you going to connect this? Listen, I'm telling you. I'm, listen, I swear to God, if this isn't nothing to do with it. How does this have something to do with it? It's a, it's like a, it's a... Come on. Dennis, Dennis, right? I do a lot of research for these. A man was laughing at a cartoon I, in a magazine. Yeah, That's do, your best sentence you've I ever do, written. I do a lot of research for these. And I was as shocked about what came out of my research for this as, as you are now. But trust me. Okay. You'll, you'll be... How much do you want to bet that it ties in? Uh, well, I mean, I think you've got the upper hand in that bet, Rog. Yeah. But, but do you want to take <laughs> well, it anyway? No. I'll give you good odds. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what underpants I'm wearing? Uh, I don't <laughs> Go on, guess none. Um, one of the men had been laughing at a cartoon in a magazine which depicted aliens abducting trash cans from a New York street. Fermi, known for his quick wit, quipped that it wasn't such a silly idea as it accounted for two unexplained phenomenons in the universe flying saucers and the absence of trash cans in New York. that's a good joke there you go that's a solid joke yeah there was little more to talk about the subject of ufos until sometime later during a lull in the conversation fermi supposedly blurted out where is everybody don't you ever wonder where everybody is sounds a bit like jerry seinfeld there (laughs) setting up a scene (laughs) it is new york yeah so wait 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 is this what is this like is it have you made this up this is true where, where your man literally said that yeah where is everybody where could everybody be? yeah he, he of in co- the universe yeah of course referring to extraterrestrial life of course thus marked the beginning of what would become known as the fermi paradox so that guy laughing at the funday times is responsible for the fermi paradox yeah i find that some um you know philosophical ideas and theories and stuff like that that sounds like someone might have thought of this already but this guy, like, you know, happened to say, all right, okay, cool. Do you know what? I'll, I'll bang it in a journal. You're, you're actually spot on. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you want me to find out the name of the guy who thought of it first? Yeah. Permi. Which <laughs> is really unfortunate. The Permi paradox. I think Old man Yeller. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll begin to understand exactly why. Um, your, your man's name is George Hitler or something. No, no. It's uh, Konstantin Teleskovsky. Back in the day, was it? He was a Russian and Soviet rocket scientist from 1857 to 1935. Imagine being born in 1857 and becoming a rocket scientist. You couldn't have seen that coming. Uh, It must have been late in the day he became a rocket scientist as well, surely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was fairly late in the day. He only um, did it for about two years. Yeah, yeah, he he only just got in there just at the very start of it. So he actually did kind of come up with this first. Mm. but fermi fermi popularized it so then it became known as the um the fermi paradox. what's fermi's full name enrico fermi enrico fermi yeah nice name um italian i believe also a socialist i could be wrong but i think he lost his like military clearance at some stage in the u.s because he oh, he got blacklisted yeah yeah i think so 
could be slightly off about that, but that's my that's my understanding. <laughs> we might be making that up. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. But isn't it interesting? <laughs> it is interesting. Lies are really interesting. Yeah. The more detailed explanation of Fermi's question is about how common the creation of life is just across the universe. Mm. The size of galaxies and how both of these factor together to relate to the possibility of life existing out there in the wider universe. The beginning of the argument comes from the sheer scale of the universe, which we know about. All right, let's discuss the universe just for a second, okay, yeah, yeah. right? Because I'm, my brain is not made. It's just not made to think about things that are infinite, right? Okay, it just, it yeah. just shuts down. Yeah. But like, are we saying there's 65 Milky Ways in the universe? There's 65 galaxies, at least. Is that true? I don't know. Is it? Is there uh, 100 galaxies? I think there's more. Is there a million galaxies? What I have here is that there's, this isn't quite galaxies, right? But there's 200 to 400 billion stars just in the Milky Way. What? Yeah. And the Milky Way is the galaxy, I think. Yeah. Which is confusing because they're two separate chocolate bars then. Mm. Never like Milky Ways. Are you serious? Yeah. You know you know, very off-putting Milky Bar kid? Like, He's nothing to it. No, Ways. but it tra- I transposed it onto Milky Ways then. Everything was associated <laughs> with him. Like he was some sort of milk chocolate or white chocolate. Um, Villain. Yeah. Uh, Milky Ways never liked them. Another guy was. Did you ever have guys in school who would nearly associate themselves with a certain type of like sweet or chocolate bar? Um, Sorry, but, I'll rephrase that. Were you ever insane enough to associate chocolate bars with people? Uh, no, I I can't say. Like, did some people like I know a guy and he ate microchips. Do what are know? microchips? Your microchips are um, they're horrible. Well, actually, they're kind of delicious. They're a box of chips that you put in a microwave. Oh, they're microchips. They're gross. Yeah, no, they are, but they're kind of they're kind of tasty too. Do you ever have mini pizzas? No, mini pizzas are scald the fucking moat off you. Absolute terrible shit, but they taste kind of nice. But anyway, where I was going with that, I think there were certain people that I thought, like, you know, did were you, were you a family that went to McDonald's or Burger King or anything? No, I never, I never went there either. So, <laughs> but but <laughs> but then I but then there'd be people who would like go there every Friday or something, and I yeah. view them as nearly the McDonald's family. I think growing up, I probably had takeaway three times. Yeah, we never had takeaway either. Yeah, there wasn't like a holiday or something like that. But no, so you were saying that there was just a guy in your year that you'd call him like he was Moro Man or something. Yeah, like, like Milky Way Kid. Like there was there was a guy who used to always eat um, bounties and it always stood out to me. This guy used to always eat Flintstone biscuits. But like it wasn't repeating. Like people were, it was like in my school there was a vacuum where like it couldn't like... Culturally, it wasn't catching on. Like every, you know, one guy eat a Mars bar, and no one else eat a Mars bar. I, I am actually quite shocked that this is a, a sole experience I'm having, and it's kind of worrying. Yeah, I just don't really. I guess no, I don't. I, I can't say that I. It's like the equivalent of you know someone who decides to just wear purple all the time. Okay. Yeah, but. But it's just Milky Ways. Yeah, I don't know though. If I comment on it. Yeah. At such a young age. Yeah, no, I did. I think it was my lack of access to Milky Ways and stuff. Like you come, let's be honest, you come across stuff like a kid that always smells of soup. Yeah, oh, man, you know, fucking that stands out to you. Again, I've mentioned. I think I have mentioned on the podcast before, but polyester uniforms and kids like having stains in them, like yogurts and soup, like oh, they should be killed. Like they should be killed. <laughs> the the kids be, or the uniforms or the whole lot of them burned. <laughs> Everyone. I nearly, I nearly burned a like I nearly severely burned a guy's arm. And um, he he was actually a fellow associated with Milky Ways. That's not even. Mm. <laughs> I know how that sounds. I know it sounds like I tied that together very nicely, but he is. But we got lab coats in uh, secondary school, and we just got them in. And I mean, when I tell you this story, you're going to be like. That's that's not right. Like you shouldn't have done it. And it's yeah. not. It's it's insane. But we're sitting next to each other. We'd always kind of be like playing pranks on each other. I got a bu- there's a bunsen burner out on the table. I've got a feeling this is going to be maybe a step up from oh. what I would classify oh. as a oh, prank. Yeah. 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 No, this is this is like nearly assault. But um, <laughs> I had a bunsen burner out there, and I got this little tongs, right, right, not my own one, and I got one from Woo-hoo. the little cupboard, and it, it, I don't know how to describe this. You might know the name of it, but it's one that when you press it in the middle it opens up and then when you release it in the middle it clasps do you know do you know like so you have to create pressure to keep it open or else it'll just clamp okay yeah if that makes sense to the people listening so i put this into the bunsen burner no right heated it up until it turned blue right fucking proper blue and then i went around because we were told that if you got a burn on these new lab coats (laughs) right it would release a bit of smoke to say that you're on fire yeah yeah 
I fucking clasped this thing onto the back of his arm, right? Not onto his actual arm, but thank God. It burnt through his lab coat, his jumper and his shirt. Fucking hell. (laughs) Took a square out of it, right? Those lab coats don't just let off a little bit of smoke. It's like a fire extinguisher going off. Like, it filled the fucking place. I should have got expelled. Like, Yeah, like, you, you nearly, fucking, you nearly severed a guy's nerve or something. Oh, my God. I, I would have I I burned all his arm. Like, been you would have been fucked, yeah. yeah and then, and then the, the worst thing is, is that his parents are involved in, like, um, involved in, like, embroidery and stuff, right? He comes back in the next no. day. Instead of a new jumper. Instead of me getting him a new jumper, let's be serious. They put a patch in his jumper. Not a patch. <laughs> Yeah, she's walking around with a patch. It's a shame. That's probably one of the worst things I've heard about you having done in your life. And that's a stretch. That No, that's very bad behavior. That's a stretch. It was hilarious. Jesus Christ. So I don't know how to come back in from that. Go back to the stars in the Milky Way. 200 to 400 billion stars, stars in the Milky, in the Milky Way. Way. Yeah. And that's just our galaxy. Yeah. And then there's 70 sextillion stars in the observable universe. And the observable universe is part of my ignorance. Does that mean what we can actually observe? I think so. Okay. Um, but that's obviously a guess because we couldn't even count that many. We we're just talking about the distance that we can view or something. Yeah, I think, I think that's like and that's it's, statistically. Uh, and the thing is constantly expanding until it dies of heat death. Yeah. But so what the hell is 76 sextillions? I don't know how much that is. It's a lot. Yeah, loads. It's an awful lot. So how many billions are in a, um, a sextillion? Um, that's a good question. I'll pop it up. I really do enjoy the thought of a lot of... Because there's a lot of smart people who listen to this podcast for some reason. <laughs> I do I do enjoy them screaming at their radios in their kitchen on a Sunday morning listening to this. When we say this. When we, we just don't know what the fuck that means. Okay, so... Hmm. You know what? I'd be satisfied to say it's a lot. Because... I can't even understand the calculations <laughs> around the... This is... I said seven sex, sextillion, didn't I? 76, I thought, was it? Or did I say 70 sextillion? Hang on. Let me check my notes again. 70 sextillion. Okay. So if I just convert... Did you say 76? 70 sextillion. Oh, sextillion is, yeah, the, yeah. is the billion. <laughs> yeah, I didn't okay. say... The, so... 45, 46. So... 70 sextillion that is equal to seven zero 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 billion okay yeah i mean it's pointless it's a it's a lot pointless yeah so it's it's basically breaking news universe big is it is this true or not were were billions calculated differently in america and europe up until the not so recent history um, I've not heard about that. A billion was a million million in Europe, and I think in I think, and then in America it was a thousand million. Oh well, that sounds like it would just be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but that's but I guess it probably didn't matter at the time because there probably wasn't too many things that were up to that oh, um, amount. Like there wasn't too many billionaires and stuff. You, and also, rice wasn't as popular. Yeah, again, don't bother fact checking me. Just enjoy the fact. Okay, oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, John, uh, I'll use that for everything, everything going forward. And you know what? If you could just use the same privilege for me, absolutely. I've been using that for forty-two episodes. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So essentially. Right, headline of this is universe is huge. So the percentage chances of life, intelligent life, the percentage chance of that happening only need to be minuscule in order to make intelligent life uh, an inevitability. Yeah. So similarly, right, the second key question of the paradox is about the nature that these intelligent beings, if they were out there, the, the kind of nature they would have, and how likely would it be that they would attempt to expand into the universe and cross our paths. So, on reading that book, uh, and I, I know you've watched um, a video on it and stuff as well, yeah, on yeah. the three-body problem. What I found fascinating about that, and what was... I mean, there's so many terrifying parts of that book, right? Definitely check it out. It, some of it will melt your brain, you won't even understand it, but it's really cool. But one of the things was the dark forest deterrence. Yes. So, are we going to pop into something like that, or will we discuss it in a... That is one of the theories, not to get ahead of ourselves. Okay, well, then we'll leave it until then. But yeah, but look, trailering, trailering that. Yeah. Very cool. So, the Drake equation, have you heard of that before? No. So, the Drake equation is often mentioned in hand with the Fermi paradox, as it's an equation formulated by astrophysicist Frank Drake in an attempt to determine the likelihood of there being alien life in the universe. 
Okay, so he's taken Fermi's paradox and he's gone, I'll make an equation of that. Uh, so the Drake equation has the following variables. So just flag up if any, any of these Familiar. things are interesting to you. So the rate of the formation of stars in the galaxy. Okay, do we know what that rate is? So Okay, so I'll, I'll say this before we get into these, is that the equation, uh, there aren't necessarily concrete numbers for each one of these variables. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you 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 slot in different numbers, and you should be able to kind of work out okay, what the yeah, likelihood is at the end. So, the rate of the formation of stars in the galaxy—that's that, one. The fraction of those stars with planetary systems, so okay. that there are planets surrounding. So that there's star. there's actually some suns out there that don't have any planets around them. Yeah, some stars. I never no, really thought no of that. Yeah, yeah. So they're just hanging out on their own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just uh, lonely, lonely old planets. Never even conceived that. That's weird. The number of planets per solar system with an environment suitable for organic life. Okay. Another variable. The fraction of those suitable planets where organic life actually appears. I can't understand half of this stuff. So like I'm going to ask some really ignorant questions. But uh, when they're talking about organic life, are they just saying like stuff based on intelligent life being based on something close to like humans? They do you mean when you say close to humans? Do you just like you know mean like bipedal and stuff, or do you mean uh, as in anything really? But like you know something that exists on kind of Earth-like worlds, I assume is it? Yeah, it doesn't have to be that close to humans. Like it could be a squid planet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah, but uh, but like any sort of it's any sort of life really is it? It's not like just um like it could be a bug. Yeah, yeah, it could be okay, a bug. Grand. Yeah, could All be right. an intelligent bug or anything like that. The fraction of the suitable planets where organic life appears, that's one of the variables. This is probably one of the more important ones. The fraction of habitable planets wherein intelligent life actually appears. So you have organic life and you have intelligent life. Mm-hmm. So organic life, maybe organic life is really common. Maybe okay, that's yeah, all Okay, yeah, because they can say, all right, look, it's got water on it. Yeah. We can probably say there's organic. There's uh, bacteria yeah, or whatever. there's going to be something knocking around there. It, the intelligent life, that's a bit trickier. So you know? many more variables then to create that. So, the final two variables then. The fraction of the civilization that reached the technical level, level sorry, whereby detectable signals may be dispatched. Mm. And then finally, the length of time those civilizations dispatch their signals for. That's probably the most morose one. Okay. But, as we'll find out later on, maybe you don't want to be sending signals out into that fucking universe. Well, yeah, well, maybe, maybe that is the case. So, so with those variables, right, it's the final four variables which confuse us most, as they're completely unknown. The, fir- the first few there, like, like you asked, do we know the rate of formation of stars in the galaxy? Mm. I think that's something we have, a, we have like a good and educated take on. The fraction of those stars with planetary systems, again, we probably yeah. have a good, good not, not you or I, but, you know, <laughs> but somebody out there. Yeah, someone's got it. Yeah, they have a good take on that. And the number of planets per solar system with an environment suitable for organic life. We're ev- we even have a good idea of, of getting... Yeah, if we stay, stay close to home even, just, even just Earth-like planets. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Be fine. Yeah, so we, we have a good idea of all of those, and it's the other ones that are up in the air. So depending on what values you enter in, the results are completely different. They mm-hmm. come out. So, however, even though, even if you go with the most pessimistic suggestions, life still seems almost inevitable. Because there's so many suns and uh, planetary systems out there that if you put in the lowest numbers, because it's so many of them there, it kind of has to say, well, yeah, there's definitely going to be more life. Well, yeah, there's 70 sextillion, you know, Mm. to choose from. Uh, Which brings us back to Fermi's original paradox. If almost every intuitive thing we observe in the universe suggests that life should be somewhat common, then where is everybody indeed? Some suggest that we have simply underestimated Earth's exceptionalism. Some say perhaps we've just been unlucky in our location. While more still ask, may they already be here? To this day, the Fermi paradox remains unexplained. This is catnip to me. Catnip. I fucking love this stuff. Really? Yeah. You, can, you can tell by how much I've been swearing during this podcast. I've never seen you have this kind of reaction before to a, to like a, a topic. I love it because it's scary, but the the thing that scares me the most is that whenever we mention like getting invaded by aliens and stuff, I know mm. a lot of people would think like UFOs and like boys hopping out of a kind of Mars <laughs> attack and all that kind of stuff. But I always think about it as kind of um, probably kind of uh, intelligent robotic spaceship things that are just going to come here and harvest the whole planet and kill us all and not even view us as 
any sort of intelligent life. Yeah. Not even care. You know, because if they can travel that far. But since we can't spot anyone around us, mm. I think that's more inevitable. That if anyone's going to visit us, they're going to be super, super advanced and they will not give a shit about us. Oh, like they might not even observe that we exist. It like. won't be a thing that will even come into their giant alien heads. Well, Dennis, the will I crack on with the theories? Do. Okay, so we have an awful lot of theories today. <laughs> an awful lot. An awful lot of theories. <laughs> We have... We won't, we won't even be able to bring him in from the car in one go. No, no. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven theories. Okay. Awful lot of theories, Dennis. First one. Wait, before we start, before mm-hmm. we start the theories. Do you believe that there is, is life out there? Well, you know, I've always been kind of quiet on this topic. Yeah. I just want to get your opinion because I'm not sure if we're sure. And you know, I I like to keep my card close to the chest mm-hmm. in terms of this regard. But if I was absolutely pushed on it, I'd say I think there probably is. You think so? I think, yeah. And do you think that they're good or bad? I think it, it depends on which one we're on about. Yeah. And do you think in our lifetimes that we will ever, that will be visited by aliens or even discover another planet that has people living on it? Your lifetime? No. Mine? No. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> What's the difference in the years? Oh, just a few years. few years. I'd say probably, like, in terms of, I just know, I just know what you get up to. Yeah. So, like, I'd say, you're talking about 40 years difference. 40, okay, great, okay, fine. That doesn't really give me much room to manoeuvre currently. No, no. Could be, could be tying up for me quite soon. No, but you don't know how long I'm going to last. <laughs> I hope you lose I, your 150. I haven't told you this, but I'm going for a record. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. You going for the record? I'm going for the record, man. How are you doing now? Huh? <laughs> I've been training every day of my life. What are you doing? Um, uh, vegetarian. Ah, very good. Vegetarian. Yeah. Keep hydrated. Yeah, drink lots of water. Yeah, self suck. Self. Always back to the self sucking. <laughs> Actually, have you seen those things inside the supermarkets? They're called suckies. No. Yeah, so you can get a packet of suckies inside in the fridge. I don't fucking name them that. Like. <laughs> and, they're for, and they're for kids. <laughs> Me. I was going to say they're for kids. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I have something very funny to tell you after the podcast. We'll leave that in just so they can wonder what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Won't take too much of a leap. So, to crack on with the first theory. Right, this, this and I've put these in a specific order, mm-hmm. so don't ask me to go juggling them around like you I usually won't, do. Okay, I won't, I won't. first theory we are actually unique, planet Earth. We're more unique than we think we are, and either one, we are, we are the only place that there is intelligent life in the universe, or two, we are there is more intelligent life out there, but we are the most advanced. In the entire universe. We are the first to get I, to this I planet. love this one, right? But I don't know how it works either. So there could be some other kind of thing that comes in here that I just don't fully understand. But yeah. someone has to be the first. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, they do. No, because there's so many... Because the universe is infinite. I, I guess that there's so many possibilities that we can actually be in nearly the same timeline as someone else as well, though, right? Like, as, not timeline. That's a don't... I shouldn't have chosen that. As in, like, <laughs> we can be growing up at the same time as them advancing yes yeah, yeah you know so there could be loads of us advancing at the same time but there could be somebody else about to come into our class kind of yeah but we could be the more <laughs> i uh, <laughs> have i said this before about the time the guy came into our class the the new guy no new guy came into our class uh from gibraltar and uh, he okay. arrived into our class and we had a parade for him why uh we had, i don't know we just had a parade and we did all this stuff on gibraltar and stuff like so you could you um and like you know researched all this stuff and whatever you know it's back in the fucking 90s like yeah, so yeah. people never have a clue like um but could you imagine that as a kid like you're just worried you're like okay you know maybe i'll just slip in here and it won't even be noticed it's like surprise it's a parade <laughs> a parade all about you <laughs> yeah all about you and and probably like your entire culture distilled into some drawings and stuff and probably getting it completely wrong yeah yeah um, well, that's what we'll do when we eventually find alien life, I think, probably. Colouring competitions. Yeah. All right. So with this one, I think it's really, really cool that we could be first. Yeah. And that we're like, we're the most advanced, maybe together with a couple of other planets mm. or whatever. But to say that we're the only one in the universe, it just it, mathematically it can't make, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, that I'm glad you brought that up because this theory, the reason why a lot of people don't entertain it in the scientific community is it's something called anti-Copernican. Have you heard about this? Nope. So, Copernican 
logic or I guess scientific view is that the world is like is average mm. there's nothing you know there's nothing surprise there's nothing like inherently universally unique about earth all right okay so because he discovered that we weren't everything wasn't actually floating around us is that it i think so yeah yeah okay. so that it's so that the idea around it is like it it's against that because yeah it, we're it, not it, the center of the yeah universe. exactly that's exactly it so this is anti-copernican it's kind of saying again we are the center of the universe mm. but hey you know we might be I don't. I don't believe this one. I, I think that. Okay. I think it just can't be there. It's just there's too many. Too the numbers are too big. Okay. Next theory, then, Dennis. And I, I, I strategically arranged for us to record this episode um, after we'd tackled another similar episode. Is the next theory simulation theory? Mm-hmm. People bring that in and they say. Well, it's because we're living in a simulation. People bring that they in. They bring that in. Who brings it in? Bring, Maybe big, someone doing an entire episode. <laughs> no, no, the big, the big Fermi, uh, the big Fermi conference every year. Here we go. Where uh, people, you'd have people slogging in, and they go throw it up there, and they go, "There you go, freshly caught." Can you put in a, a reverse sound effect uh, while you're talking? Oh, like here. A, oh, of a car, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or of a truck, yeah. So simulation theory. You're not buying it. I uh, listen. I think, I think it's an important one. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's against the kind of spirit of the podcast to deep dive into it again here. Okay, I understand that. But at the same time, you can have both in this theory, though. Yeah, so... You, you, we can be part of a simulation and outside of that simulation in that universe, the more civilizations exist. And also, if we are a simula- simula- simulation, then that proves that there are other people there, right? Yeah, potentially, yeah. Kind of. Unless we or they could be ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So basically, that one, I'm saying, if it is a simulation, then I believe the simulation was made by aliens. Yeah. But if it's not a simulation, I believe there's aliens out there. That's my... Yeah. That's my Real branch in the spokes there with that one. Yeah. They, this is like... Okay, but we can't spend too much time. If you yeah. want to listen to that episode, go back to simulation theory, knock yourself out. This next one, I think, is possibly the scariest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something called the Great Filter. Okay. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I've heard about it. Really? So, so we get to a point and just blow ourselves up? Yeah. Yeah. And that 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 particular point universally is so common. It just happens to every intelligent life before they get to And what are the theories as to why we like filter ourselves? One of the theories oh no, I'm this obviously is gonna be exhaustive. Mm. One of the theories is the idea, like you said, we blow ourselves up. Or that intelligent life is so prone to war. Yeah. Just in general. The, Me burning my friend's hand. In yeah, yeah, class. exactly. That we just end up um, destroying ourselves before mm-hmm. we get to a point where we become like a galactic civilization. Yeah. Another theory based around it is the idea that just no planet ever has the amount of resources required in order to sustain life long enough to get to a galactic level. Oh, very cool. I like that. Yeah, So, th- so that just... It is just implausible that any planet out there ever has enough resources to get to, to get planet. off the planet. And then the final one, which I think has also been in the news a good bit at the moment, is that the proliferation of asteroids and space junk and stuff is so common that we're just going to get smacked with one eventually. Yeah, that eventually um, one just comes and wipes out the civilization. Slightly unrelated, right? Mm-hmm. Completely unrelated. Yeah, yeah. But did you hear in the news about um, gas rings and gas being like really bad for your health when you're cooking? I've heard about this, but I've heard a lot about this in... First of all, don't, like... Honestly, I, you must have thought gas giants. Gas. Gas rings. Yeah. Gas. There I'll we, bring this that's up. where I went to. Yeah. The, but I've, I've heard people say that this is, like, American snobbery. What do you mean? That they don't want... That they... That it's, like, that, that they're, they're way less common in America. Okay, yeah. The idea of gas rings. So people are bringing up all of the so so their their homes aren't built around this. Okay. So a lot of people are they they'll yeah. be getting them installed and they don't have any like extraction facility or anything like that. So that's ah, that's what's causing okay, the problems. Right, okay. That's yeah. what I've heard. Very interesting, um, but I don't know. Uh, it seems to be a new hilarious culture war though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and those culture wars usually are hilarious. Well, I'll tell you, I'm gas all the way, man. Um, okay, so I I do like gas. So. Where were we on that? We were talking about... The Great uh, Filter. The Great Filter. Wait, actually, sorry, the new one just coming in. It's that civilizations 
eventually a civilization will get to the point where they've left the gas on for too long. And in the whole world. Yeah, and somebody it, will light a match. Someone let a window open and it filled up the whole world. And it, but there are things that you do. Like, I remember I put a cocktail stick with a grape into a microwave before and blew it up. But, like, you know, if, if I'm doing that on a small scale... What are they up to in Mars? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, you know, they're going to be setting off nuclear bombs and stuff. Who knows, who knows? So, the, the grape filter, how did you feel about that one? Grape filter is definitely possible. Okay. Definitely possible. Because if you look at... Like, if you take a group of people... It's my, it's my McDonald's theory. If you have a party in McDonald's, someone will shit their pants. Like, that's just, that's just inevitable. I hope child party or adult party. It doesn't matter. Across the board, right? Okay. If you're sitting inside the play zone, someone will shit their pants, okay. right? That yeah, just yeah, happens. Yeah. So I think that eventually, no matter how much coordination you have in human society and stuff, like if you look at all different countries and stuff, obviously, you know, due to all sorts of different reasons, usually people getting taken advantage of. Some people speed ahead. And mm. Some people slow down, and it creates obviously this, this, this disparity. Yeah, yeah. How are you meant to get seven billion people to work together without one of them just going? I'm just going to set off a nuclear fucking bomb. They nearly did it in the fucking fifties. Like that's so, true. That's true. You know the. Do you know what I've noticed about you? What? Right. You're you're big on this seven billion number. What is it now? Eight billion. Oh, that's what I've always heard. But, and and to the on the face of it, but I'm older than you, so yeah, my one is seven billion. On the face of it, I'd never bring it up. Yeah. But then a bit of me just thought, that's a billion difference. Yeah, it is. A billion. <laughs> well, who's who's gonna who's gonna count it like? Well, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I'm just saying, you know, that's just a cultural billion schmillion. Okay, yeah, yeah. The what? The <laughs> I'm just discounting one eight of the planet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next theory is the one you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Is the dark forest. Oh, I love this one. Right, do you do you want to take this one? Because you you actually you know this theory. So uh, so this is this is really scary because I think that where we're led to believe through a lot of nineties movies, some of them anyway, mm. is well actually I want to backtrack a little bit. In nineties movies, right or eighties movies, you're always attacked by spaceships, and then you have a chance to kill them and whatever. Yeah. Right? If we're attacked, we're dead. Like as in we are completely dead, and that yeah. they're complete like. When we think about, like, intergalactic flight and all that, like, they're so advanced, they're just going to wipe us off the fucking earth. Yeah, Like, yeah. We're, we will not, we'll be talking to no one. We're dead. Yeah. But with this, and I really hope that it is, is that out there, like, people are going to preeminently strike the planet and mm-hmm. blow it up if they find that there's any civilization there. So we're all basically hunting in a dark forest, isn't that it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you want to stay as quiet as possible. Yeah, you don't want to send out any radio signals because if you send that out, it's going to alert another hunter in the dark forest. And because, basically, I think the theory is as well, there's no point in them taking a chance. In That you might be kind. Yeah, that yeah. you might be kind. Just blow them up. And the other thing is, let's say if you're behind, um, like you're not as advanced as them, once, you, once we make contact with them, and let's say they want to be friendly, we'll become incredibly advanced. Yeah. Um, just through their technology and eventually we'll probably try and kill them. Yeah, yeah. That's so so there's no point in, in taking the chance. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Something that you just made me think about during that as well is there's a series of books by a guy called I think Harry Turtledove. I think that's like his his like his Great name. Enough. I can't say that these are any good, mm. but you just made me think of it of like we wouldn't stand a chance if they invaded. I think the conceit of those books is that an invasionary like alien race an alien race that wanted to invade us, they see us, observe us as like cave people. Yeah. And then they say, okay, right, that's fine. We'll send an expeditionary force to go and wipe them out. The force arrives uh, and they've calculated it. So it's going to arrive however many, like thousand years in the future. And it arrives smack bang in the middle of World War II. Mm. And Earth is, is actually exceptional for how fast it progresses so they had expected us in every other civilization they'd ever interacted with had stayed at that same technological level for the thousands of years that it took for the like exp- for the small expeditionary force to arrive to wipe us out and they they don't they haven't sent enough people what's the name of that I don't know, but the guy's name is Harry Turtle. Though. Is it good or is it like... I, I think it's very pulpy. Oh, that sounds cool though. I'd but love that, to read that. But yeah, but that's... So that's... You know, maybe they, maybe they might miscalculate. Maybe we will stand a chance. Mm. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the next... But, but, sorry, but it is pretty frightening though when your complete thought process of the, of the universe changes. That like there could be these civilizations out there that are just saying we're not taking a chance and we'll just kill you. Like because mostly I think you are led to believe that it's going to be like, oh, you know, they're going to come down here and we'll make friends or whatever. But if you look at 
basically any other time in history where a bigger, more mm. advanced force has landed somewhere like Australia, like America's. We've you, been through the polo you're, you're and the dead. blankets. You're dead. Yeah, get put put Polo in the blankets again. <laughs> stop, stop trying to make that your catchphrase. <laughs> so that I agree with you, and that actually is why this next theory I've heard a lot of people say is the scariest. Right, which I think I think the Great Filter is scariest mm. because to me it that just means that regardless of whether or not you ever interact with somebody, Dark Forest is scariest for me because we've already sent out the fucking signals. Well, yeah, that's true. We might we might be dead before it even comes back. So, True. I, but yeah, I get, I get. So basically, I get that the dark forest can be very scary, and I think the great filter is also very scary because both of those are kind of inevitabilities. Really, mm-hmm. this next one, a lot of people think this is the scariest, and I don't think it's that scary at all. This is something called the zoo hypothesis, mm-hmm. where we just live in a big alien zoo. Oh, we had this, didn't we? We discussed this previously. Uh, I think it came up briefly in like the simulation theory. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, so yeah, so we don't know our basically. You see, I was okay with this as well. Yeah, but like the whole entire art is a zoo. Yeah, right. And if it is a zoo, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm fine. I don't care. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to space. Yeah, I mean, if they're able to maybe improve things and they're not improving things, that's going to piss me off. A little yeah, bit. You know, that's actually something that we never talked about. Is what if Earth is a zoo, but it's a zoo that let's say like hasn't been audited in a while. The regulators haven't come in, and if ju- we're just we're just been let run loose. Like, and it's in ra- it's in rag order. And but they, I- they come and check it out, and they go, "Wait, whoa! What? What if we actually live in like the the like Tiger King alien zoo? Oh, and it's just completely like illegitimate. Yeah, it's no. just like a roadside one. Like we're assuming. <laughs> I think we assume it's going to be a good one. We're like, yeah, we're a pure shit zoo. Yeah, but there's a, there's just like a, a there's just a redneck alien <laughs> who's just put together this zoo. Why, how do they view us? Is this just a zoo like as in, you know, you create a pond where frogs go into it, but you don't necessarily go down and sit in a uh, bench and watch the frogs? Yeah, and it, but here you go. UFOs and stuff like that. Hmm. That's them glass-bottom boats, boy. The what? That's glass-bottom boats. Glass-bottom boats? Yeah. <laughs> that is a phrase that my brain could not unhook there. <laughs> yeah, Gra- Glass-bottom boats. All right, so they're just flying around. They've got tourists on them. Yeah. Do you think there'll be more of them? It seems like a pretty heavy investment to create an entire zoo planet and for us to never see a fucking plane. No, the thing is, though, there's a lot of them. Yeah. But we're seeing the old ones, the crappy ones, you know? Here's, a theory, here's a theory for you, yeah. right? We, there are actually no planes. Okay. Right? Those planes that we see in the sky look like human planes. They're actually alien tourists looking at the zoo. I like that. I'll, I'll invest in that. Yeah. I think that's very good. Uh, We've two theories left, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Next one. They already were here. So this is kind of ancient aliens type territory. And the idea around this, this might sound nuanced, or, you know, but this kind of is a good answer for the Fermi paradox because it says all of our calculations are correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loads of life out there in the universe. It's really common, all that. But what's uncommon is for them to overlap. What do you mean? So what's uncommon is for intelligent life to overlap each other's time spans. Oh, because it's so tiny in the the scale of the universe, like age and stuff, is it? Yeah. So either okay. so like here's here's a small scale example. Like we find that life previously did exist on Mars mm. or something, or ancient aliens on Earth. That kind of theory that they did exist. They were here once, but they're gone now. You know. Okay. Yeah. So they dropped in. We and they're like, well, there's nothing here. Yeah. So hopefully they marked us on a map and said, well, you know. Don't, no need to come back here. Yeah, yeah, kept going. One of the things that I hate hearing, how, how old is human civilization, according to the lamestream media? Um, 100,000 years? Uh, I, I think is it longer than that? I think, um, I think 10,000 years, 20,000 years, maybe. What? Is it? Yeah, I don't think it's... Civilization? Oh, sorry, not civilization, wrong word. Um, like, oh, humanoids. Humans. Oh, fucking ages. Yeah? Yeah, hundreds of thousands, I'd say. Hundreds of thousands. Okay, back to like Neanderthal. I think there's like, uh, isn't it 40,000 years they discovered some lads in Australia? But anyway, anyway, around then, right? I don't, it, it doesn't matter. You can start screaming at the podcast again, people at home. But you know when people say, oh, you know, human history and however back that wants to go, it's like a blink of an eye. It's a blink of an eye. Oh, sorry, just 200,000 years. Okay, 200,000 years. But yep. it's like, that's nothing. That's a blink yeah, of an yeah, eye. Blink and of it's eye. like, can you just stop saying that so I can go to sleep? Blink of an eye, man. <laughs> it's like I don't need to hear this. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it, I, but I see, I see where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah. they wanted to press the head off you. <laughs> yeah, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> Final theory, Dennis. Final theory. I think mm-hmm. you'll probably know which one I will have most uh, credence for. 
They already are here. They're here right now, man. What are they doing? UFOs. Doing a podcast. UFOs. They're the, they're the reptilian elite. The, they're all the other episodes. Yeah. So, We've been putting together all the evidence for them. So why would... I just don't understand what the aliens are doing, man. Like, what are they doing here? Why? Uh, like, sure. con, we'll just consider yeah. this for a second, right? They're so advanced. They have intergalactic travel, right? Yeah. Or interplanetary travel at the very least, right? Yeah. They come from some completely different system. They come in here and then what? They want to just become part of our world and just wear suits and, and pretend to be humans. They're just interested. It seems us. a bit backwards compared to like them flying around in ships and shit. No, it's what it's like is it's like the it's it's like do you ever meet somebody who's really into just one one particular country that they're not from like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. These people are like weebs, but for Earth. Okay. All right. Well, then that makes sense. I understand yeah. that. So we've basically just got the worst of the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. The, we're, we're basically anime. Okay. And, and <laughs> these aliens are like just very, very low on the rung of A lot aliens. of different worlds crossing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, biggest theory for me is that we're all, we already, they already are here, Dennis. Yeah. And we've even covered a lot of the evidence of them being here already. We have. I mean, there's so many different episodes you can go and check out that um, we discuss things on, um, which lead into a lot of those theories. I think, though, life does exist in the universe outside of Earth. Yeah? 100%. I'm not even sure that you think that life exists outside of your head. (laughs) (laughs) That is just a a thing my mother would say to me. With the way you would be acting sometimes. The big arse going around the place. All right, that's it for this week. Um, thanks so much for listening. I've been Dennis Len. You can get me at Dennis Len 3D on Twitter and Instagram. And over there, it's been uh, Roger O'Sullivan. You can get me on Instagram at Roger Comedy or on Twitter at Roger O'Sullivan. And because we say it every week, um, I think it's time to say thanks for all the ratings and everything that people are putting yeah. up um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts slash music slash whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, but please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. The videos are fantastic. You'll love them. Uh, go check them out. But also um, click that five star on Spotify and Apple as well. Write us a little review because it will help us defeat the algorithm overlords. Yes, yes. And we got 10 reviews last week. Yeah, shut up. I saw that on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. And it really, really helped us. So if you can keep doing that, lads, you know, we, we might be able to take out these alien overlords. Yeah, and I mean, if you keep doing stuff, then we'll release things like t-shirts. Yeah, we might. We'll go merch. And yeah. uh, and we might even might even start recording a few Patreon episodes, maybe. 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 So uh, on, on the back of that, then, uh, you know, thank you for listening. I'm going to love you. Goodbye. Uh, the, oh, hang on, no, sorry.